0: One of the things that um, I have to think about, and then once I answer questions concerning, is the issue of false prophets. What did I say? False prophets. Yes, false prophets. And um, let me say something about false prophets. They can be very deceptive. When I say very deceptive, I mean that. It can be very difficult for even good people to tell the difference between the false and a genuine prophet. You see where I'm going, you, and you see what has that got to do with uh, the prayer we are praying. You see, it in a moment, Bible says if it's possible, the legs will be deceived. That's to let you know that it can be that bad. And if you hear testimonies, I've heard them from different preachers. They said they will be watching a, a minister of the gospel minister. One moment, is ministering by the Spirit of God. The same person, the same pulpit, the same mic still connected, the same Bible sitting in his hands. He switches over. Next moment, he's ministering by familiar spirits. You know what I said? Have you seen the, before the Bible the old prophet that went to collect that prophet from, uh, that the Lord sent to Jeroboam? One moment, he lied to him. The next moment, the Spirit of God came upon him and he gave a genuine prophecy. So, it can be, I mean, it can be difficult. There was a time when a particular prophet suddenly exploded in the horizon of Nigeria. And, of course, I won't say I'm less, I'm more guarded now. I was going to say I was less guarded that time. But now I don't, um, in our recorded messages, I often remove names of people because I just don't have time for discussing controversial issues. Not as if I'm ashamed of my opinion. Remember one, one funny fellow, he sent a message and said that I said the man is fake. We did not answer. After some months, he said, he said, see now that we have realized it's genuine, I'm sure we want to retrieve our messages. In my mind, your head is not correct. If you've chosen to follow him, you know, we live in a free country. Isn't it a beautiful country? In Dabowski, you follow. Nobody gives a damn. Are you getting my point? <laughs> well, nobody cares, really. Nobody cares, you know? So I just, like just, I, you know, sometimes we just make it a rule. You don't, um, you don't have the time to be answering everybody. I feel like telling the fellows, oh, you boy, please, eh? if, you don't want God to, if you don't want God to punish you, mind your business. If you want to follow the man, follow him. I'm mind stopping you. Why are you writing me now that uh, I have already said the man is fake? I don't know how to change my mind. My mind, I will show that I'm genuine by pouring an annoyance upon your head instead of anointing. And then when the word of God in your life comes to pass, you know who was a genuine prophet in your life. Anyway, but that's not easy. The, easy way, the easy way we handle him or just to ignore the individual, all right? Now, but of course, you know, let me not just um, pick on that fellow and be angry with him. I met a very good man, invited me for a program, an SU man. And he said that he was because of what I said. He was about to start following that man until he heard me. And I specifically mentioned and warned against it. And this is an elderly person who has been a Christian for more than 30, 40 years. I, he confessed it to me. He said, ah, are you serious? That do, I, that do I know that he was about to start following the man? Until I said don't. That was my instruction that made him pull back. I mean, there were, there were reasons to follow. May I never change my mind one moment? Especially because I knew the funny, the, the interesting prophet before he became very famous. We knew him. I hope you get my point. Now, those who saw the polished man, they were impressed with the prophecy. We saw the raw, when, the, well, not, when, not, when there was no pretense. When it was all about gathering our white garment crowd at, at the edges of the river. And you know, animal sacrifices and all of that when they were still going on, we knew. But then when suits began to change and hair began to get texturized and all of that, the other people went to Nazi, ah, a prophet has come. I said, my friend, go and sit down. Now, why I'm talking about this, all right, is, so what is the defense for each individual? And that's the prayer point we're going to pray as the last one for this evening before we go. I have realized something in this life. You know, I've been studying the scriptures for a long time, quite a while. Personal study, not just come to church. Personal pick the Bible, study because you want to know. I began that in 1987. It's been a while, and since then I don't think I ever stopped at any particular point in time. Okay? I've learned a lot of things over the years. I have learned how to do this, how to do that, how to get this. And sometimes words have been taught to me powerfully. And I've been moved heavily. And the Lord stood in front of me and decided to frustrate the doctrine from the beginning. I don't know what I I, I said. Powerful words. How to do this. How to sow this seed and collect this and plant this and do that. I learned them powerfully. And I stood to operate them. And the Lord stood against me. I said, Vankia, I will not let this prosper in your life. I've learned a lot of things over the years. I've observed... Now now listen to this. I've observed preachers. I've followed preachers sometimes for 10 years, 20, 30. Along the line, I stopped following them. I've followed preachers very closely. People thought I believed everything they said. Until I said, no, no. This area, I don't listen to him. I have been around trying to learn the word of God for different reasons. That's actually the main thing. For different reasons. And I can say something to you over time. I have realized that no matter how genuine your methods are, you think, no matter how accurate you think your doctrines are, listen to what I'm saying. No matter how accurate you think your doctrines are, no matter who you think you learned them from, at the end of your days, you will miss, you will have missed God if your primary pursuit was wrong. Let me say that again. You can follow God for 50 years. From the time you are in your 20s into your 70s. A time will come you will hold on to wrong doctrines. You will be leading people astray. You wouldn't intend it. Please follow me. All right? And we will trace it back. Oh, Sorry many will backslide late in life. Did you hear what I said? Like Solomon. So it's nothing strange, nothing new. Like Solomon, late in their lives is when their backsliding will happen. Many, it will happen to them. Many will build ministries and the churches will be all over the nation, all over the continent, and maybe all over the world. And there will be prominent ministers everywhere then one day you will find decay in what they built. And if God will give you prophetic insight, he will say, look at this work; I do not approve of it. Say, but you blessed it. Now, please, I want you to follow this. This is why I'm saying this thing I'm saying. Christianity is very interesting. God is very interesting. Sometimes God can keep you, protect you, take good care of you, provide for you. On the journey, he did not send you. And you will take it as provision, protection. And being kept is a sign of what? God's approval. God said, "No, no, no. I promise your mother you will not die before seventy. You left my plan for your life. Just that wherever you go, I have an agreement with your mother, who offered the prayer, in hope that the destiny I have planned for you, all right, will come to life." So I can never disappoint her. Wherever you go, I told her I will take care of you. So you've been on this stupid journey for the last five years. It is because you are just 55. And as far as me and your mother are concerned, you can't die before you are 70. You will leave the people as all of them will drop off the cliff. I will remove only you and bring you back home. Do you think it's because you are anointed? No, it's not because you are anointed. It's because you are born by a woman who we have an agreement that will keep you from. I have seen great ministries built. Later on, I heard from men with prophetic insight, men in the council of God. And the men would say, oh, did day that man started that ministry, he walked out of the plan of God for his life. Yeah, the ministry is big. And I'm going to the Lord of Christ at a particular point in time. And I took, put two and two together. I said, the church he started, is a reason why this crisis came into his life. I've seen ministries, great, all over the world. You know, of course, this is television, media, everything. And I keep on looking back to where we began. I was there. <laughs> and I want to say to you, the problem this man has is this ministry. It is the glory that is upon him that the world can see. But you ask Banky, Banky will say, this is the problem in his life. I wish he would shut it down. Then God will use him. Listen, social media is very powerful. Media engineering is a fact. Look, you can hire boys who don't care about God or the devil. They will package you so well, the whole world will be watching you every day. When you get to the foundation, when you get to the engine room of your ministry, the boys are high all the time. They are on cocaine, LSD. They are computer wizards. Are you getting my point? They are wizards. They are there, engineering you, pushing your algorithm, doing things like they optimizing you on Facebook, optimizing you on YouTube, optimizing you on Twitter, optimizing you on everything. They know how to do it. It's, people are paid for it. You heard of Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica will mind information out of Facebook to make, to help you, um, Donald Trump win an election. There are guys at their job. Is says, say, okay, I want every Nigerian to believe this, whatever this man is saying. So how do, you do? they go to Facebook? They pay, that's how Facebook gets money. Facebook wants to know how old these people are, how many times they come online, what kind of things they do when they are online. When they finish analyzing all of those things, they put it together, they guys okay, what do they click on most? Things like this. They prepare ads and programs and links that they know how your system works. For a few million dollars, they tell you what to believe in six months. You think everything that comes to your timeline on Facebook is random? It's not random. They don't have time to waste. That you're a man, you don't have time for Ole. It won't show. Go and check how many times Ole shows on your timeline on Facebook. Some of them, the men that say, what is Ole? Do you know what it is? Any man that knows, please shout it out loud. Okay, woman, tell, tell, tell them what it's only. Cosmetics range, thank you. <laughs> the, the men were wondering what I was talking about. It doesn't show your timeline on Facebook, because Facebook know you're not going to click on it. They know you are not... Look, they, why will you click on it? They're not going to click on it. They know how to rearrange... Listen... One of them says that you can start a ministry. You want the whole world to believe you. It just takes a few millions of naira. There are people that their job is to put you in people's faces. Before you know what's happening, everywhere you go, the heart of all men turn towards you. So the ministry you have suddenly produced outside doesn't say anything about what's going on in reality. And many times God allows you to flourish stupidly before he judges you. He waits for that nonsense you build to get to a peak. The Tower of Babel is already rising high into the sky before he judges it. Babylon the Great. You look at it. The tree had become great luxuriant. It was at its peak before God said, cut it down. Bear these things in mind. So I've reasoned about it. So, where is safety? Because it worried me at the time that it's a man like Solomon backslid. There are men that I followed. one time, I said, Must every minister go this way, the way of Solomon? It concerned me. A point, a point came, as I started listening to some ministers, only if the message is more than 20 years old. Any message you preach the last twenty years, I said, but drop of No worry. Find me down one way." When there was no glory, there was one particular minister, an American. <laughs> I don't want to describe anything because if I describe him, you'll know who I'm talking about. I don't, I don't want to know, you to know who I'm talking about. When I went to my friend's house, so the guy is shouting there. So my friend and I were not into the shouting thing. Are yeah, you getting my point? So I said, ah, "What's going on?" He said, "Banky, sit down." Sit down for a while. This guy is shouting like this. He says, sit down. I sat down, and I heard shouting for the next, like, one hour or one hour, 30 minutes. I mean, I went mad. All of us are shouting. I remember he was ministering in one particular big program in the U.S. One white man jumped up, removed his jacket, through it we removed the, almost removed the shirt and was running all over the hall under the influence of the anointing. When the shouting man finished shouting, ah. shouting preachers had never moved me. The only shouting preacher that ever moved me before that time was out of Bush Hamburg. The next time I came, my friend brought another one, another round of shouting, and of us going crazy under the anointing. Now that first message I listened to, and I, one day, you know, things now got modernized, 30 years later or so, no, no, 20 years later, thereabout, Yeah. About 20 years later. I now got, I, in go here, now I went over to see a minister, and I had a message. You know, the same title, the same minister. You know, instantly what happened? I, oh, wow. Can I get this? Can ah, I get, can I get this? Yeah. Finally, it was a, it was a DVD this time around. I finally got the DVD. So we sat down, you know, with the readiness of the... And 19 or 20 years ago. After listening for like 30 minutes, after listening for like 40 minutes, I turned to the person who gave it to me. I said, no, be the same thing. He said, you know what the fellow said? He said, no, ministry don't prosper. I, I, the message is still in my head. Me and the minister looked. I was in the minister's house. He said, he said, he said, Bank, forget that thing. The one you listened to was when prosperity had not come. Let us put it like that. When suit trousers was still like this. <laughs> so this one, the same man preached this one in the midst of prosperity. You expect to hear the one they preached the cave of Adulam. You're not serious. I looked. And I dropped the tape CD, and I was not interested again. Now I wanted to understand something. Once I was not listening to the same man. I wanted I to get some of his message. One brother just said that, "Who are you talking about that mentioned the name?" He said, "Oh no, no. You know, he's more of a motivational speaker now." I said, "What?" He said, "No, no, no. That he's not known in the US for what we are pursuing him for. There's more known for." Motivational speaking, how to love your job, how to. Ah! I go home, I said, God, what's going on? Must everybody go this way? Must everybody go this way? Must everybody go that way? It worried me. I'm not saying this is a proof of ministry or anything. I found a lot of preachers who I used to listen to. Style I listened to them, they would talk for two hours at, two and a half hours is normal. Then now, a message is being curated down to 35, 40 minutes, can't be more than that and all of that. And they say it's advancing ministry. I'm not saying it's wrong. Everybody has his own way they are growing. Amen? No, it doesn't concern me. But I just, know, it didn't, it didn't work for me. I couldn't listen to those, they uh, are curated, you know, well trimmed out 35 minute messages. It didn't bless me. I'm sorry. And they said that time was um, everlasting gospel they were preaching, but I, we could, we could endure it for everlast how long it lasted. Two and a half hours we could. One day I discovered that my own messages, Pastor Banky, was not shortening. They were eating longer. I became encouraged. Our earliest messages in kingdom were 60 minutes, 50 something minutes, 60 minutes. 30 minutes is for radio. Now, if you don't leave me, if you don't, you're not in a hurry. Now you can stay here three hours. Now you are the pity, when will they close? And I guess, okay, we'll come back again in two, three days, four four days' time. And do you know, that's funny, it may be like a small thing, but for me I found it encouraging. I found it encouraging that at least I'm not going in a particular direction. Please, you see, sometimes I'm noticing all of these things. No matter what it is you are pursuing in life, I have found out there for over time if the core of your pursuit is faulty, eventually you will go off track. If the core of your pursuit is faulty, eventually you will go off track. It will manifest that you have actually been off track for a long time. Actually, what has happened is that there is you're on a, you went off track by 0.01 degree. If you go off even a straight line, by 0.001 degree. You can travel for many kilometers before you still look like you're on that line. Because the deviation is very minimal. It's quite small. Sometimes you need to move 500 kilometers for us to know that you are just one, c- one cm offline now. Because your deviation was very narrow. And that's why over time in life, God will keep on correcting you. You can never be on that straight line without Constantly hearing the voice of your teacher saying this is the way of working it, because as you are walking one part, you will go off in your zeal. Not really. Many times you go off. It's not out of wickedness. It's out of zeal. Sometimes it is a passion. And I see sometimes I see ministers in Nigeria who I look and say, "Oh God, this is not your job," but their zeal in wanting things to work well in the nation, their zeal before they knew what's happening, the pl- pulpit has become a cross-platform between preaching and teaching the word of God and, polit- and, and political talking. So people tune those ministers now to hear what is going on in APC and PDP and who is arguing about who is from where, who is not from here, who is fighting the cause of the Yoruba race, Ibo race, Hausa Man, and all of that. And, what is, and they, are, they, come, they tune in on Sundays to hear government opinion on headsman crisis. When men go in that direction, usually it's zeal. It is zeal. It's not like they want to be wicked to the word of God. One of the things I have learned over time is that God is very jealous. No matter how good your zeal is, if he takes away from the core word of God, he will judge it. That is why I keep on telling preachers. I hear some of the things they say, diet and no diet and all of that. I so say, leave it away from the pulpit. People are teaching their congregation how to chop garlic. And uh, What? Huh? Ginger and turmeric. Thank you very much. You can eat anything you want and smell smell like anything you want. It's your problem. <laughs> but at least you will not be able to claim I'm the one that told you from the pulpit. What I can tell you from scripture is the word of God. And when you go behind, go and go mad with everybody else. It doesn't matter. You know, whether it's helping you or not, I won't even discuss it. At the end of the day, you will leave. You will not die. Amen. And then you tell of the works of the Lord, not of the, of the wonders of turmeric. I hope you follow what I'm going to say. Yes, <laughs> so, in zeal, that's why we we'll go off tangent. That's why the Bible says that you will hear the, the voice of your teacher behind you saying, This is the way you walk in it. You tend to hear when you go to the left or you go to the right. All right? Now, what I'm going to emphasize to you here is this you see, if you set your course wrongly, Eventually, to manifest in all kinds of things. And many people who come to prayer, who come to study of the word, they have, they have said their courses wrongly, and that's what I'm talking about. First, we start studying for what purpose? Okay, for, because of time, I will, let me give you the main thing, and I'll show you how we often deviate. There's only one thing I have found out now, after I haven't about it over a long period of time. And that must be the only reason you do whatever it is you are doing. Is it the reason why you pray? Is it the reason why you study? Is it the reason why you understand your fellowship with brethren? Is it the reason why you turn on Christian TV to listen, get a message to listen to? It's just one thing that must be in your mind. And what is that thing? It's simple. That I may know him. You know, I began with false prophets. One reason why, one thing I found out that a false prophet can one group of people a, prof, a false prophet can never get are those who are approaching to know him. False prophets can never get them. Because the more you do false prophesying, the more you push them away from the true knowledge of God. What attracts other people are your miraculous works. You prophesied something and it came to pass. <laughs> do you understand? That's what attracts other people. Is the one that you claim to do. I remember one, that's a false prophet, when he hits the, you know, when his um, star hits, shooting star that time in Lagos, and we were watching him on TV once, and one who, they said they have what they call confession time. They have what they call confession time. So in this particular confession time, this man said he was in deeper life. He he didn't have children, so they have been praying, they've been praying. And then somebody brought them here. And then his wife conceived. Listen to this. And then, their pastor in the deeper life church used to go to warn them that they have gone to a false prophet's house. And he believed his prophet, his pastor, and his wife miscarried and that particular man appeared to them in their dream that they are criticizing, something like that. So during fourth confession time, they were saying this thing. The man was there crying. And the prophet said, you see, you don't need to criticize. Why are we criticizing one another? That man cried and cried and rode and begged him and his wife. And the man said, you can have your baby back. I'm not telling you what they told me. I'm telling you what I saw with my two eyes. And do you know, people say, gathered that I ask whether the man is false or a genuine prophet. any man who can do that should know that he doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. It's obvious. He told the woman, hey, that's the problem with criticizing. When they finish begging, he said, you can have your baby back. You give out of life. Any man who speaks against you miscarries. Obviously, you're speaking for a God I do not know. Not the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. So I say to people, if you went to look for God, you can't be, you can't be carried away. That will have turned your stomach. You'll have gotten up and said, not here. I don't care whether this is where all the miracles in this earth exist in. This is not exposing to me the face of the true God of my Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't behave like this. People argue me that time I said, hey, I said, wait, wait, wait. Let's forget whether he said Arsenal will win and Manchester United won. That's not the issue when you listen to him, how much of God do you discover? How much of the Father is revealed to you? How much of Jesus is revealed to you? Don't I see them in the congregation looking like dead men waiting for when they will start doing miracles? You've been seeing them in those congregations. You see sea of dead heads. Frozen. Even the choir, you know they have no anointing. They're professionals. No life. No life. Even the man preaching, there is no life. Every word is uttering is memorized. Those who could tell the book he has memorized. And is the author. By faith, you claim. Amen. Holy Ghost, will now speak to you. You know, you just knock your head like this and say. And you're asking me whether this prophet is genuine or is false. The question is are you normal? You that's asking me the question. Let's leave the prophet for a moment. Let's ask why you are blind or deaf. Let's leave the prophet. You that's asking me a stupid question like that. So I tell people it's simple. What are you looking for? Okay, frankly, in fact, I thought about the song just now. Like I like the way I that song. He said, I lived for you. I I bled for you. I died for you. He said, I rose again for you. And I'm coming again for you. He said, now I have one question for you. What are you looking for? That was Jesus speaking. What are you looking for? If you look at everything that I've done for you, I'm just asking you, what are you looking for? You can find a song. What you're looking for, I'm the one you're looking for. What you're searching for, you don't have to search no further. You Get that song, Cranklin. That song is loaded. Unfortunately, a lot of people come to church You know what they're looking for. This poverty in my life must end. If that is how you are, eventually you will miss God. If the care of poverty is what has been pushing you, coming to church, you're studying, you're diligent, you're there praying, you're fasting, you're evangelizing, you're doing house-to-house evangelism, you're giving testimonies on street corners, what people don't know is that the primary thing in the depth of your heart is that this poverty, my life, must come to an end. That sacrifice is not acceptable before God. I've realized that many people serve trying to solve their problems. And incidentally, you know, God takes us level by level. He knows where we are. But after a while, he will call you and say, hey, wait, 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 wait. Job? Yes. I've blessed you all this while. And this is your level of righteousness. Now, I'm going to remove everything so you can understand true righteousness. Let me say this to you. God can bless you for years. And you'll be writing, you know, I'm sorry, you know, those who are close to me will sometimes... But they know me enough to know that I'm not just trying to be critical. Somehow you get a book, they give you a book, you look at it, and you're not impressed. Somehow you see a preacher, everybody is raving about him. You listen to two, three lines of what he's preaching, and you're not impressed. And they don't know what you are seeing is different from what they are seeing. So the man has written a book on principles that work. And I've, you know what I'm reading? I'm reading testimonies that are yet to be judged by God. He said, principles that work, I said, no. God will soon teach this boy that this thing doesn't matter in life. Except that he's already writing books before he learns in real lessons. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I just read the whole thing I said, he will soon drop this nonsense. He will soon realize that certain, describing to me the principles of how to grow a ministry and all of that, it shows you have not been in ministry for long enough. You've not seen how God has been blessing ministries. I don't care what you see. see That you know how the ministry will grow, things you do, and all of that. Once you finish all of those things, I know right now, God has not given you revelation. He has just blessed the quest of your heart. I don't know whether you are getting my point. He has seen that "Ah, this is what you are pushing for. You want a church of ten thousand people. I will give you. You wouldn't let him rest anyway if he doesn't do that. And you have written books for us on how to grow your church from five hundred to ten thousand within three years because it happened to you. I look at it I say, don't worry, you will soon learn. Because what happens sometimes, eventually, is that either by collapsing that 10,000-man church or by bringing revelation in the midst of everything, you realize that you don't even know how you did it. You realize that this is not what God was doing in your life at any particular point in time. You realize this was never the testimony he wanted you to give about him you realize that God will just say, listen, people didn't pray one tenth as much as you did. I gave them five times this amount. People tend to think, you know, everything they did, is all producing big results in their lives. <laughs> because they don't worry. I will soon teach you that it doesn't work like that. There's a particular man, I heard this story, I don't know it directly. He knew everything about faith. How to declare, how to write his confession, declaration, and everything. He did everything. And he became sick, and he kept on declaring, and writing confessions, and declaring, and he was getting sicker. I learned that the principles of faith and how to do this, how to do that, how to do, and he kept on getting worse. Then finally, when he was about to die, he closed everything and said, "God, biko, be cool, I beg." <laughs> he said, "Baba, God, I beg, biko, be cool. I don't want to die now." please have mercy on me. I believe I have things to do. But next, he began to recover. A few days later, he was totally well. Is started writing books. The man said, no, they learn. He <laughs> started writing books against everything he has written before. To tell people that, no, 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 that's my confession. It doesn't work. If God doesn't show you mercy, confess from now till to tomorrow. Dying, you shall die. That, one of the things I want to teach you later is how to, how, the, the different ways we come to the knowledge of God. That's one critical way we come to the knowledge of God. When everything you know, now listen to them just tell you, especially if you have been learning, learning principles, principles, principles. When everything you've learned fails, be happy. Everything that they've taught you, when, the day it will fail, count it joy that day. remember the young man who wrote us that. They still need to declare, he declared. He took anointing oil, anointed his uh, application. He struck with mantle from the man of God, wrapped everything. They applied for he saw the seed. You know this kind of this seed is for my new job, so and so and so please. He wrote it very well and planted in the offering basket. He knew he had all corners covered. Then he dropped the application, he went for interview, and they told him he was not qualified. Then he went back to work and found that he had just been sacked. So the old job he had, he lost. The new one he had, he was looking for he didn't get. He now wrote and said, I want to go help. There's no need for help. God has helped you already. All God has shown you that everything you have believed is a lie. The seed you sowed to get a new job, it didn't work. Did it work? No. The mantle you, (laughs) with which you struck, obviously carried no anointing. The Holy Ghost did not follow that oil onto that paper. You've seen it. Next time you want to pray, kneel at the corner of your room and say, God, I beg. I bet you go get, find me two new jobs because see, the Lord is good. What am I saying? What are we looking for? That's the most important thing. Many of us are pursuing and pursuing after what looks religious, looks like righteousness. But the main thing that's pushing us actually is something that we all want. We want a miracle. Pastors, please listen to this. Stop marketing miracles to true Christians. Those who are not believers, you can market miracles to them. But believers, please don't. What are we looking for sometimes? Prosperity. Pastors, listen to this. Stop marketing prosperity. Stop. There is just one thing you will find out. That everybody who got to know God knew that that is what is most important in life. Paul said, even in ministry, in running up and down, I have just one goal in mind, which is what? That I may know him. That's the summary of it. I'm not even trying to save the world. is that I may know him. What did Jesus come to do? He said, no one has seen the Father, but the only begotten Son of God, he has done what? He has made him known. What Jesus did was to come and reveal the Father. All the days he was moving up and down, his aim was to help these people know the Father. Philip said, show us the Father. He said, ah, all these days I have been with you, you are still saying, show us the Father. That is what I've been doing all this while, was showing you the Father. Because that is what you need. So this is eternal life, that they will know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. What am I saying? In everything we are pursuing there, eh, in all our experiences, in all, of, in all of our moving up and down, just one thing should be in front of our hearts. That must be the core of it. And I found out that that is the only way you will not derail over time. Even as in this life, I must do everything that God wants me to do in this life. Eventually, you will derail. As sound, as nice sounding as, tea, as it is, eventually you, 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 you will derail. I must preach the gospel in every corner of this earth. Eventually, you will derail. I must give as, money, as much money as possible to, for the advancement of the gospel and eradication of poverty. As nice as it sounds, eventually, you will derail. Of course, the ones that derail quick, this life, me too, I must hammer. Those are the ones that last. They backslide quickly. The world will soon give them easier ways to hammer. Hammering in Christ is hard, though. (laughs) Let me all warn you now. Hammering in Christ is not easy. No, it's not easy at all. It is not easy. Because hammering in Christ, if you're a businessman, there are so many things you can't do, corners you can't cut. The one words the Holy Spirit will say, Don't call anybody. Say, oh, but sir, we know this person. Holy spirit said. I said no. So that means you are going to move. Yes. Thank you. Then nothing happens. Police, I thought he said you move. Who told you I did not move? I moved. <laughs> I just did not go to where you thought I should go. I moved back to say everybody stay where you are. Stand down. No movement. I am moving in my season. Am I in Christ? It's not easy. I want to have am in Christ? You need, you have need of patience. You know, the Bible says like that. You have need of patience. For God to be the one to bless you in Christ Jesus, while you are following everything, ah, your patience must long. On top of everything, you say pay taxes. Ah, uh-uh. ah. But the government did not help me. Say, pay taxes. Say, have you registered your company? You can't even do, you can't, you know, Christ is very interesting. You can't even allow you to cheat government. You can't cheat your neighbor. Your neighbor can understand. Neighbor, you feel injured. Have you? Government, the angel. In your mind, what is wrong? But Christ will still not allow you. To hammer in Christ is hard. And very few people have that patience. After some time, them must depart from there. They will go quickly to Thessalonica where things can be done quicker. They start striking allegiances with foreigners. They start striking allegiances with children of the uncircumcised. That's what happens. If you see a lot of Christian comedians, that's what happened to them. Those that when they produce Christian comedy, when they speak in church, some of them I know, one person I had in mind was a preacher. Preacher, there's only one problem. You can't come and crack off jokes for us here and you bill us five million, we will not pay. We don't have the money. And then after a while, you know those who will be giving you places to perform, you know the kind of people that they are. They are are adulterers. That's what they are. They are lies, they are cheese, they take drugs. But you mingle with them because they open doors for you. And before you know what's happening, their spirit enters into you. As a man, you are put earring in your no, sorry, you are put earring in your ear. You now say you are an entertainer. Your doctrine starts changing. Next, you don't twist your hair like this. You don't you don't you don't you don't, you, don't, you are getting demon possessed bit by bit. You don't realize it. Those of us watching you can see it. When a man starts wearing earrings, he's getting demon possessed. Instead of bopping your head like you are mad, he's mad. You he are mad. It's not. You see, don't let entertainment look at, make it look as if uh, something di- There's nothing different. You decrease. You decrease. Think about it. Men that used to handle the microphone, call the name of Jesus, and move congregations under the power of their anointing. Now they have earrings. They have their hair twisted. Put a rolo inside put hook, all kinds of things at your age. You are wearing muscle shirts to come out in front of a congregation. Trouser that's managing to reach here, and you are started bouncing at the age of 40-something. You should know that you... No, what I'm saying is not a joke. You have become demon-possessed, but you don't realize it. Then your wife leaves you. Then you find another woman, you, then you find a church where the pastor has divorced his wife a few times. All of you now sit amongst yourselves. Do you get my point? Create doctrines to show that marriage is just, you can turn, change spouses. Many they displease you. All of it is because the world, you, you set prosperity in front of you. James said that once, once what you are looking for, he said, we'll go, we'll prosper, we'll do like he said, such people will pierce themselves through with what? many sorrows. What he said is those who want to be rich, that's how he said it. Those who want to be rich, they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Let's not deceive ourselves about it. Christian entertainer, let me just really drop this, in case you are listening to me. You don't have to go mad. You, must you copy the world? What are you puncturing? I have no, not, not, I have no problem with women wearing many earrings. That's what they are made of, you understand. But if it's when you now begin to to limelight, that's why you want to start looking like Beyonce. If someone wants to start looking like, uh, give me another one. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, there's one that her name is Lady Gaga. Stop copying crazy people. Anywhere your descent dressing with your descent voice will not take you to, God has not sent you there. Your presence should move people towards righteousness. I don't care where they are; they don't have to be in church. Any young woman aspiring to be like you should unconsciously be aspiring towards godliness. I hope in all of us that stand in front and hold, you know, media materials and speak over people, we have such a powerful influence in their lives. Don't let it, and that's what Satan does, subtly, subtly, because you see, I told her marrying in Christ is hard. That's helped a lot of our brethren happen outside. I remember once one man one guy, a musician, he came to Enugu here, was doing a show, and he said that um, we should encourage young Christian talents. Which is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. So this is this particular girl that won one of the projects, fame project this, MTN D's, what at that time in town? So the guy came on stage, so the guy sang his he sang. He's a big guy, one big Nigerian name. If I mention you, know But I'm to encourage us to see. that look at it. How many of us will agree that guy is doing a show now to buy a table for 20,000 naira? You know what they do? They do a show in Lagos. Some tables go for 1 million, 5 million. You know, small tables. When I say 1 million, they mean like that table has 5 seats. He's, he's he is 200,000 naira. said that we should encourage them. Otherwise, they will soon sing Free Me. You see what I said? What is Free Me? There was one guy that sang a song that time, apparently. Terry G, eh? Yeah, yeah. Title Free Me. I don't know the song. I was sitting, this was happening in the church, and I was sitting in front. As, as the guy was talking, I was getting angry inside my soul. So I turned to one pastor. I said, this guy did. I said, when have I preached and you bought my chairs? I said, when have I preached and you bought seats where I wanted to preach? Why have I not sung preach free me? I said, this is madness. You think you are here to encourage young people. You are here to discourage them. Tell them the truth. Either you want to serve Christ or you don't want to serve Christ. I will not buy your chair for a hundred thousand naira you are not worth more than my assistant pastor. I will not buy your seat for anything. If you give me free, I won't take it. You are not worth more than the people that sing songs in church for us every Sunday. Because you won't, watch, you won't project this or project that. And you think going the way of Alibaba or going the way of all the other. You think that, that, is, that is the kingdom of God? I will not encourage you for your information. If you want to backslide, let me prophesy ahead for you. You will go to hell. As I preach my own message, you're, you're, I will free you. When I have finished freeing you, you will come back to me 15 years time and say, "Sir, is there still room in this father's house for me?" Because you will know that being in the father, the house of the, of the father, is the most secure place on the earth the men you are seeing, they will turn you to what you will never want your life to be. That guy was saying, so you have to encourage I said, me. I'm not encouraging anybody. If this guy comes to me, I say, okay, sit down. Grab a Bible. Say, everywhere you go in life, say, Father God, bless me. Any blessing you will not give me, I don't want. I am, I am buying your seat for 200 naira Because when I was preaching, you didn't buy my seat for nothing. And I've been preaching this gospel now for decades. And nobody has been able to discourage me. If you want to discourage me, I get angry and I stop talking to you. But preaching, I will continue to preach. If you say I want to be rich in this life, you will backslide. I'm the one telling you. If your desire say this is my you are not the most voiced human being on this earth. God does not owe you limelight. So when church doesn't give it to you, you want to go and look for it in the club, you will just die and go to hell. You know, and I don't have time for preaching this gospel or beg somebody. Listen, if God gave you a talent and you think that what's the name of our is it Whisked that God paid two hundred and forty nine million naira. Or is it Davido? Davido. One night and you look at it and say, I know more than Davido. I can sing more than whiskey. God said, I am not giving you the kind of platform I have given them. It doesn't mean they are better than you or you are not good. I just said no. If your church doesn't give it to you, don't say this is a problem. They don't encourage Christians. If they go to the world now, they will ask say the Christians are going to the world. Yes! You are mad to go to the world. Yes, you are crazy to go to the world. And what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and suffers the loss of his soul? You admire David, though. I do admire him one bit because I don't know whether he has taken a hold of his soul. What are you talking about? I know the story of some of the greatest of these musicians. Go and read the history of oh my father of, uh, what's the name of this, our girl? The American one. Whitney Houston. You will, the girl is wishing her grace she has stayed in church. Everything around her died. She died. Her daughter died. And the man, she left everything to follow. See, there smoking smoking, ibu. You should know that some people were called of God to smoke. You that was not called of God, you joined the, the anointing God didn't give you. It destroy you. Till now, it's. I mean, you see the. It's still a debatable issue. Has any voice ever existed on the earth like that of Whitney Houston? The man that signed record, her recording deal he said he heard her only once. He just said, "Please come and listen to somebody." He entered that club when he heard that voice once. He said, "No, I've never heard anything like this." Yet she drowned. She drowned in a bathtub. Drug overdose while being flat broke. They, gi- they gave her money to come for that program. And she was a quiet girl. The day I saw the video of uh, B.B. Winans, and they were talking about it, and I la- I mean, I wa- I was amazed. B.B. Winans gave her voice training. Can you believe that? B.B. Winans was the one that did voice training for her. Trained her voice. The voice the whole world wants to die over was done by a church man for her. Grew up in the choir. And somebody's not telling him that if I don't encourage Christian girls, they will go to the world. No, 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 no. You tell them the whole story. Let us stay here. Fame is nothing. That's what we are saying. Stay where the Lord has kept you. Fame is nothing. You don't have to be famous in this life. You don't have to be. I will not encourage you to be famous. I will not encourage you to be famous. I will not, all these guys who are making noise. What do you sing? Let me, maybe next time Pastor Corey's wife comes to Enugu, let me give her uh, a microphone to sing. You will know you have never heard a voice like that before. What are you singing? Because he went for project nonsense. Those who can sing better than you are there, raising men of God, you understand, supporting ministry, working in ministry, teaching the word of God in obscure places. That man was saying, say, I said, No, this is only encouragement I have for you, if you're a young man. The soul that sinners shall die. The world is deceptive. They steal the souls of people. At the end of the day, send them to damnation after messing them on the earth. That is the encouragement I have for young people. Listen to me. Satan wants to tear your soul to pieces and make you a wreck. Sit down in church. Learn righteousness first. The purpose of my life is that I may know him. That's what I'm saying in a lot of these things. I want to know God. Wherever that will take me to, is that his decision to make? But I'm not looking for any other thing apart from that knowledge of God. I'm not trying to build a big ministry. No. Whatever platform he gives me, to advance the knowledge of him that's in my life. Because what God does is that he reveals himself in somebody. Is that a revelation that we all carry to where God now sends us? Paul was saying, when he pleased him who knew me from my mother's womb and ordained me to be an apostle to reveal himself in me. So when God reveals himself in somebody, is that a revelation of God that he starts carrying to places? That revelation will show up as all kinds of things. So that revelation of of God can show up as a ministry. That revelation of God can show up as a business. That will be worth billions of dollars. But what we are pursuing, each one of us, is that revelation of God to us. I said, we're praying, right? That's the last prayer point for this evening. You have a few minutes. Bow down your heads and pray that prayer. Say, Lord, I want to know you. Say, Lord, I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me. I'm not pursuing after wealth. I'm not pursuing after success. I'm not pursuing after anything worldly. I'm not even not pursuing after those that may look like, you know, good things. Ministry. No. I want to know you. I want your revelation of you in me. And that's what I'm asking you for this evening. That I will know you and the power of your resurrection. Oh Lord, that is my desire. That's a cry of my heart. I'm not looking for signs. I'm not looking for wonders. I want to know you. In the midst of my afflictions, first of all, I want to know you. In the midst of my victories, Lord, I want to know you. In the midst of my troubles, I want to know you. In the midst of my successes, I want to know you. Help me to stay on that track. I'm not going to pursue any other thing. 25 keys on how to make it a ministry. No, I don't want. I want 25 ways to know him when I fail 25 times and succeed 25 times. What is he saying to me each time? In the midst of my troubles, what is he saying to me that I may know him? That's my prayer. That's my prayer.
1: Let's continue to pray <clears throat> and say, Lord, I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me in the name of Jesus. Please pray. And everyone who truly has prayed this prayer in scripture, the Lord indeed has revealed himself to them. So if you're praying this prayer from your heart, be sure that, of course, it's a step-by-step process. And the Lord on his path will do his own by revealing himself to you. But our desire, our hunger, is that we'll know God. So, let's say, Lord, nothing will take that place of knowing you. Nothing will take that that drive of knowing you. Reveal yourself to me. As I pursue her after you, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Nothing takes that place. Nothing takes that place. Is your kingdom revealed in our hearts. That is what we want. Is the reign of Christ in our hearts. That is what we want. It is all of you to know you more and more. That is all we want. Father, we thank you again for stirring our hearts towards the knowledge of your will. We thank you, Lord, for this stirring. Blessed be your name forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.